Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you have been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. In my life, in my wife, in my family, and it's been a, a long, long process and continues to be. But um, I do want you to hear something when um, Pastor Jay talked about us going over to talk to him and Alana. Um, I really feel strongly in my heart that it's, it's not about just coming, being a part of the bill, then go and plant. But I really want to be, um, just be here in a sense of, um, I want to join with Pastor Jay to oversee a future church plant and another future church plant. So it's not about me coming and then just going at all. As a matter of fact, uh, this is pretty much my home. Now, I lived for 37 years of my life in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I'm the fourth generation there. So I've never lived anywhere else in my life. And for me to call anywhere else home or to call a place that I'd be willing to be is, is not me. And I know that's God that worked in my life. So, um, you know, some of you that never moved anywhere, you understand what that's like, you know, to go to a whole other part of the country and a whole other culture and a whole other um, out of your zone, out of your, your comfort. But anyways, enough of that. We'll just start talking about a discipleship. If you could turn in your Bibles uh, to John chapter 1. Now, some scriptures are going to be up here and some aren't. I didn't include all of them, but I included most of them. Um, today, I want to talk about discipleship. Now, the very first, uh, we're going to talk about discipleship. And while well, the examples of discipleship, and it's going to start with discipleship with Jesus and the Father. And then we're going to look at discipleship with Jesus and the disciples. And then we'll talk a little bit about what does discipleship look like in the church of America today? And then what is the ultimate purpose of discipleship? So John chapter 1, verse 1. says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I like to start in the beginning because to me that sounds like a foundation in what it looks like, the original, right? So in the beginning we find that it is the Word. And what's the Word? The Word is Jesus. Verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But the part I want you to catch is verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus was in the beginning with the Father. Jesus was in the beginning with the Father. The second thing we see is, well, the first thing we see is there was connection. There was a togetherness, right? The Father and the Son were together. When it comes to discipleship, it starts with a connection. The second thing that comes from this connection is an identity. So let's move to Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 to 17 says, Then John agreed to his baptism. Jesus, Jesus came straight out of, the after, out of the water afterwards, and suddenly the heavens opened, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting upon him. And a voice came out of heaven saying, this is my dearly loved son in whom 
I am well pleased. After this connection with the Father comes this identity from the Father, and the Father speaks it over Jesus' baptism, and he says, this is my son. Now, he just doesn't say, this is just my son, but he says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. It's very important to understand that it's not just a son, but someone that is a son that is well pleasing to the Father. Our discipleship, what we rest on, what we long for, where we get our strength from, is always going to come from a resting upon who God says we are, from our acceptance by God. That God is well pleased. See, your identity is vital because you will always live out of your identity. From this place, the Father being well pleased, Jesus lived out of. Jesus was very vocal about doing whatever pleases the Father. Jesus was very vocal about, I'm not doing this on my own authority, but I'm doing what the Father has sent me to do. I'm not speaking words of myself, but I'm speaking words from my Father. He was personifying his identity. Number three, the third, third part of discipleship here, number three, is an ongoing connection. Taking time to be with the Father. So we find this in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we find a time where Jesus, before he begins his ministry, he goes out into the wilderness. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong on the scripture. Is it not John chapter 4? Maybe it's Matthew or Mark. Is it Matthew? Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. Excuse me. So Matthew chapter 4, before Jesus begins his ministry, so you have to see that the Bible doesn't record much between the birth of Jesus and this time where Jesus begins his ministry there is a couple of places, and one is where Jesus, at 12 years old, more or less they say he's 12, goes and, 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 and his mother and father basically leave him behind and lose him, and, and they're wondering where he's at, and they have to travel back to where they were, and they find Jesus in the temple, and they're saying, and, and Mary says, how could you do this to me and your father? And Jesus turns to them and says, where else would I be but in my father's house? Again, Jesus with the Father at 12 years old. Now we find Jesus about to begin his ministry, begin the part of the doing of the ministry with him going into the wilderness. <clears throat> so Jesus in 4, verse 1 to 2, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit up into the desert to be tempted by the devil and uh, after a fast of 40 days and 40 nights he was very hungry I don't know about you but if you were to go to a wilderness or a desert there's no sound right other than the animals there's no one else there and it's not just one day but it's two days and three days, and four days, and five days, before you know it, 40 days later. 
Something happens when you begin to spend 40 days with somebody. 40 days of a place of vulnerability. 40 days of being alone. 40 days of silence and solitude. But it was 40 days with the Father. 40 days. No one else was there but the Father. And when you begin to get alone with God for some time, in quietness, in silence, in solitude, all of, a, all of a sudden you will begin to see that you are in need. And this is exactly what the enemy goes to tempt Jesus in, and he tells him, hey, you know what you should do? Turn these stones into bread. Right? It says that Jesus was very hungry. He became very needy. Right? His humanity started to come out. And that's part of our, our makeup. Our makeup is that we are needy people. We need something every day. Right? We need. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as Jesus meets that need. So who was Jesus with? He was with the Father. And what happened? Also, he became hungry. This represented his dependency. When we get alone with God, we realize that we have a dependency. Verse 3 says, If you really are the Son of God, said the tempter, come, coming to him, tell these stones to turn into loaves. Right? Provide for yourself what only God can provide for you. I believe God wanted, the Father wanted to show Jesus that there's something more than this bread. And Jesus answered, the scripture says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, here is something that is so profound, and I don't want you to miss it. Remember, this is the beginning of discipleship happening to Jesus. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's what we should live off of. That's what we live by. Is these words that come from Jesus. These words that come from God. Now many of us have been taught that we are to read our Bible, study our Bible. And that's us doing something with the word. But there is a big difference when the word begins to do something to us. It's real important that we see here that this wasn't something that Jesus was doing, but Jesus was now focusing on something that he was receiving, that man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus' discipleship was receiving this bread of life, this manna, this filling, this food that feeds his soul, his being, his existence, which was Feed me, Father. I need to hear from you. I need you to speak to me. I need to know you. I need to encounter you. Speak to me. Do something to me. Verses 5 through 6, it says, As then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the highest ledge of the temple. And if you really are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from the Scriptures. He shall give, and the scripture says, uh, Satan's quote scripture, that uh, he shall give angels charge concerning you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And verse 7 says, yes, 
Jesus said yes, and he retorted Jesus. And the scripture also says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And once again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, and from there he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their magnificence. Everything there will, I will give you. He said to him, if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, away with you, Satan, replied Jesus. The scripture says, you shall, not worship, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone you shall serve. See, the devil uh, left, well, it says the devil left him alone, and the angels came and took care of him. See, the angels took care of him. Why do you think there was angels sent? Because the Father, being with the Father alone, is where there is care for Jesus. There is care for Jesus by being with the Father. Ultimately, what happens, the ultimate thing that happens from being with the Father and being with Him alone is where God produces care for Jesus. See, if you go with anyone to the wilderness and you spend 40 days, 24 hours a day, you're going to get to know them and they're going to get to know you. See, this addresses the deepest need of the human, and that is to be known and to be loved, and then to be truly loved as we are known. And that's what happened here. So what does, a disciple, what does discipleship affect? It affects the inside of us. See, Satan was calling Jesus from the inside. Hey, if you would worship, that's inside, Right? If you would deal with that hunger inside. Hey, if you would just, you know, want to get all these kingdoms to be yourself, that's pride, that's inside. Discipleship calls and affects the inside of you. The devil is wanting Jesus to sin, and sin comes from the inside and works its way to the outside. I want you to see that after this event, Jesus begins his ministry after 40 days. Of discipleship with the Father. Shortly, he, he just does a couple of things. Where do we find Jesus again? Up early in the morning by himself with the Father. And it said that there was a bunch of people that needed to be healed and delivered and cared for and ministered to, but we find Jesus doing something, being away with the Father again. Now, fast forward. To the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is about to be on the cross. What do we find Jesus doing again? Where does he call his disciples to do? He says, would you stay up and pray? Jesus is about to do the greatest work that has ever been done on this earth. There is no greater doing than what Jesus was about to do. There is no greater work that the Father was calling Jesus to and what do we find Jesus doing? We find him being with the Father. The greatest work that we could ever do for God must come from being with the Father. So we see the first example of what discipleship is from Jesus and the Father. The second example is now Jesus and the disciples. 
the very first thing is we see Jesus and the disciples. We see in an encounter, right? He's walking along. He sees Peter. And what happens in, these, in, this, in this encounter? We find an, an identity encounter, right? He changes Peter's identity. He says, your name is Simon, but no longer will be called Simon, but you shall be called Peter, Cephas, which means the rock. And we know Peter needed that name, the rock, because he was like all over the place, right? He does the same thing with James and John and calls them the sons of thunder. So we see again the pattern that when you encounter Jesus, when you connect with Jesus, there is an identity that is changed in you. He gives you a new identity. Now, what do we see next? We see next that Jesus spends 24 hours, seven days a week with the disciples for the next three years. Talk about being with Jesus. We find him, find Jesus with them when they're in a storm and he's at the bottom sleeping, when they're out of their mind and freaked out. We find them, uh, uh, Jesus with them when they're afraid of, for their very lives. We find Jesus with them when they are hungry and they go to the city to get food. And when the way back, Jesus says, the food that I eat, again, is what? Doing the will of my Father. We find Jesus with them 24 hours a day. Now, some of you and me can never stand being with someone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just know it, right? That's why we go to work, you know, that's why we, you know, go do stuff and hang out, and, and, and we're never with somebody that much. But if you were, you would really get to know them. Could you imagine what they experienced being with Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week? I think it would do something to you. Jesus was very, very clear. He was very clear on this discipleship. He was very clear on, on, on the purpose. Matthew 15, 11 says, It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a, a person. Luke 6, 45 says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Jesus was about the inside, right? The Sermon on the Mount, blessed is the poor in spirit, right? That's the inside. Again, discipleship, true discipleship, deals with the inside. See, discipleship will have a continuous healing and a continuous transformation of the heart, the inner person, which brings fruit on the outside. This being with Jesus never stopped. When Jesus left, it was never meant to stop. Now, when Jesus is going to ascend and sit at the right hand of the Father, does anything change to what Jesus is calling them to? To his commands, it does not. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and this is where we get discipleship. This is where we get the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 says, But Jesus came and spoke these words to them. All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You then are to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and remember 
Remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Notice here that he says to baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Why, why does he say that? Because there's a connection with the Father. I've never seen this till I was studying this recently. There's a connection to the Son. There's a connection to the Holy Spirit. This isn't a, a formula to get saved. This isn't just a name that we have to baptize by to say we're doctrinally right and we're, 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 we have the, the centered on the cross. No, this is a person of the Father, the person of Jesus, the person of the Holy Spirit. Make sure that when you dunk them and you say this, that they understand there is a connection because he says it in that verse, because I will be with you always. I will be with you always. He didn't say, go do this on your own. No, he says, I will be with you. The last words was Jesus, I will be with you. This is what discipleship is. It says, in the Bible it says, with me you can do anything. Without me you can do nothing. That's what Jesus says, right? See, Jesus wants your heart. All the issues of life flow out of the heart. God is much more concerned about the inside than the outside. If you become like Jesus, right, like love on the inside, then the outside will be loving as well. You know, you can look loving, but not be loving in the inside, right? We're good at that. What comes out of a true disciple? God's love. Now I'm going to read you, and it might be up here in the message version, what love is in 1 Corinthians 13. Love never gives up. Listen to this. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't brag, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force its way, itself on others isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't rev revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. If that is what discipleship is who doesn't want that who has an argument against love who can argue against that what is more powerful than that now fast forward to today's times when i mention the word discipleship in the church today what comes to mind some type of expectation right away comes upon the leadership of the church right what are you going to provide for me to be discipled? Who's going to do what? What are we going to do? What's the process? Now, all of the above are not bad. They are necessary questions. But, what's, but it's, that's where we get stuck, is on the process and on the how. 
But I believe discipleship was not meant to call us to discipleship, but it was meant to call us to a person, and that person is Jesus. It usually looks something like this. Invite someone to church. Get them to confession of faith. Get them serving. Get them in the Bible study. Basically, get them busy doing something. The higher the number of people that go from visitor to member, active member, we call success. And the higher the numbers are, the more we want to pat ourselves on the back. Yet, it is reported that only 20% of Christians are in a discipleship that cultivates a deep, meaningful relationship with Jesus. Christianity in America looks like Americans who are really busy with too many things to get done and with little to no time. I'm sorry to say, but Christian discipleship in America has has produced disciples that look more like the average American than they do like Jesus. Busy acquiring things to impress people that don't really care about them in the first place. Busy connected to social media, but yet isolated from deep, meaningful relationships. Busy indulging in anything and everything with no limits, by, but yet it still not satisfied. Busy keeping up the human body because we value the person is rated by how well their body parts look. Busy being forced, I mean, busy being focused and reducing the sacred gift, because we have kids here, of physical intimacy between a married woman and a man down to physical intimacy with anyone in any way as long as it brings arousal. You met Jesus one day, and that touched your heart in a real deep way. But you were put into a system to do something, anything, so we can get somewhere or go somewhere or accomplish something, so we don't have time to slow down and meet with Jesus again so he can touch you in a real and deep way. See, we can do for Jesus without Jesus. We can do for Jesus without Jesus. Some of the meanest and hardest people are the ones that are the most busiest for Jesus. Myself included. You can see some of the most busiest people just switch on a dime and not even want God anymore. Pastors, ministers, leaders of, of, of huge world ministries. We can do for Jesus to stay away from Jesus. If I'm doing the stuff that he wants me to do, then I don't really have to be with him because I'm getting the stuff done, right? See, we would rather have a system of doing something because we can control that. These are the majority of the disciples that the church has produced over the last century. And I want to say to you, I want to say that to you, I want to say to you that I am sorry. I am sorry. 
I want to say to you that our Heavenly Father is sorry as well. He wants to say he's sorry. See, we could bring people to become part of our church in America, get them busy, get them producing, but that won't last. We can bring people to become dependent on us, but that won't last. But if we get people connected to Jesus, that will last forever. So what are we calling you, church, to? What are we calling you to? In other words, what kind of discipleship are we asking you to become part of? It's a discipleship that deeply connects you to Jesus. A discipleship that deeply connects you to Jesus. We want people deeply connected to Jesus of all ages, young teens, middle age, and older people. A discipleship that is concerned with the inside first. The kind of biblical discipleship that is not a kind of program that begins and ends, but that is continuous. It's continuous. Let's face it, we're afraid of that place where Jesus steps in the room. Where he steps into our life. Because that means he might just touch us again. That means that maybe there might be some pain with Jesus and what he does in our hearts. Let's face it. My wife sent me a, a, something the other, uh, just yesterday, and the only two words that Jesus ever described himself was gentle and humble. So my question to you today is what kind of Jesus comes to your mind. Is he still gentle? Is he still humble? That's the one I'm talking about. I'm talking that the one that looks you in the eye and doesn't look away. I'm talking the one that says, you're my daughter, you're my son, in whom I'm well pleased. He's the one that says, you can come home now and you can be with me and there's no one else and nothing else that you need on this earth. I am the bread of life. I am the way, I am the truth, I am life, I am discipleship. What's the word disciple mean in the dictionary? It says a follower of Jesus. What is a follower in the dictionary? A person who imitates or copies. He intended what your heart yearned for when you first came to Christ. That's what he intended. Your heart yearned for this deep connection with Jesus. That's what your heart yearns for now. That's what my heart yearns for. You experienced Jesus, and there was nothing like it on this earth, and there will never be anything like it ever again. Ultimately, we find discipleship in the gospel. I don't know how long I went, but if I could have the worship team come up.
Ultimately, we find discipleship is the gospel. The gospel is discipleship. I don't know if you've ever heard someone ever teach or preach to you that discipleship, right, is like this. And I could understand that it sounds maybe at first a little odd, right, being with Jesus. But the way that I see the patterns in the Scripture of the way Jesus was with the Father over and over again. We just sang a song that the, you know, He has risen, right? The veil was torn. What's the veil? It's this separation between us and God. And, and, and I just want to say again, I'm so sorry, and, and I see the church here in America that is just, you know, the, the average person is just, again, it's about this process and this system and this doing. And don't get me wrong, there is doing. James says, faith without works is dead. But it has to always come from that place of being with Jesus. Because it's dead if not. It, 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 what we do without Jesus is just as dead as doing nothing. Jesus wants every one of our doing to come out of being loved by him. Love is what is going to sustain us. Love is what Jesus wants us to become, become because God is love. This is very dear to me because I too was started 20 years ago in my walk with Christ, 20 plus years where it was about reading your Bible and going to church and doing a certain things and being part of a certain uh, activities. And I felt bad when I didn't read my Bible. I felt like I was going to hell if I didn't keep up with the activities. I felt like something was wrong with me. And before you know it, I realized I didn't have to read my Bible. And before you know it, I wanted to read my Bible. But I still didn't understand this concept of what it meant to be with Jesus. I would have these little times of when I would be with Jesus, right? Sometimes at church, you know, sometimes at home, or maybe a certain song came on, or, or a prayer in the middle of the night, and they were awesome. But Jesus wants to be with us, like, all the time. And yes, there's a time to set aside, particularly for that, where it's you and him. But ultimately, it becomes this nonstop, all the time, Jesus is with us 24-7, and we function and we live out of that. And I don't know about you, but when you're around somebody like that, like Jesus, it's going to change you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to transform you. And because he is love, love's going to come out of you. And it's not love just on the outside, but it's love that comes from the inside. And yes, he has to deal with the inner man. And we're going to talk more about what that is when it comes to discipleship. Because that inner part is what really rules and controls all our life. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit to come inside of us. So the Holy Spirit can come outside of us, right? He deals with the inside. That inside has been developed since the day we were born. And down deep inside, we do have an internal nature that is sinful, that is an enemy, that needs to be dealt with. And it's dealt with with the love of God. The love of God allows us to be open and transparent and real and bring everything to the light and deal with it because if it's not real and it's not brought out to the truth then it's not from God 
We, we, God only lives in reality. And the reality is, is that we need him to come down deep in our hearts. We need to actually be with him and that he's safe to be with and that he's okay to be with and that he wants to be with you. Because there's not a person here that you could be with that's going to transform you. Now don't get me wrong, being with God will lead you to being with others. And it's together. Discipleship is both being with others and being with God. God is in the midst of that. God works that out because we need to be known by God. We need to be known by others. Love God and love others, right? But at the end of the day, God starts with you and him. No one and nothing can take that place. And I want to tell you and I want to call you to what the gospel calls you. The truth is that the gospel is, a is discipleship. Why? Because the gospel is that what separated us from God, God died for on the cross so we would no longer be separate from him. And when Jesus told his disciples, I will be with you until the end of the age because he was talking about the gospel. He was about to die and he was about to resurrect and he was about to ascend and he was about to come back and he was about to be with them forever and ever and ever. When we go to heaven, it's going to be about being with God being with the Father, being together, being with love and in love. We're going to be overwhelmed by love. We have not seen or, or heard or felt or ever understood or comprehended, and we never will fully compared to what we're about to experience, and it's all going to be about being with God. In the beginning, when Adam and Eve were on this earth, in the beginning, Adam and Eve were transparent, vacant, uh, transparent, open, uh, naked before God. There was nothing separating between them and God. It was God 24-7. There was no night. There was only day. It was constant, ongoing, full presence of the Lord, full presence of God. They had everything they needed. They had everything they longed for. They had everything they looked for, and something happened. Sin came in and separated us, and I want you to know that, that the church is guilty of sin. The church and its system, the church fathers that we've had in the last 100 to 200 years are guilty of using church to sin against the church, and I want to call you out of that, out of that false a religion out of that pharisaical religion all of, out of that that way of thinking of I gotta do and I gotta this and I gotta that not just in the church but in our lives as Americans we're so busy we have so many things going on and we don't have time to stop and be with Jesus I want you to know whatever you're busy with and you're looking for it's Jesus I want you to know that what you're gonna look for when you get to heaven is gonna be Jesus if you're not looking for Jesus then you're looking for something else and it's not heaven and it's not Jesus but I want you to know that even if you are looking and even if you are stuck, God will meet you there if you just stop to be with Jesus. The gospel is discipleship. It's about Jesus taking everything away that would take us away from him. Would you come back to that place of where you first met Jesus and began a discipleship that says, I want to be with Jesus? Isn't that what your heart longs for? Isn't that the whole reason why you started isn't that the whole reason why you're here today? Well, I want you to know that Jesus wants to be with you. Do you know that he waits in the morning? He waits throughout the day. He waits all night just to be with you. He sings over you songs. He's giddy over you. Like He's like, oh man, I just can't be with you. How many of you as parents love to see your kids happy, fulfilled, safe, enjoying themselves? That's all Jesus wants for you.
He wants that same thing for you. And it comes from being with him. Yeah. That's what discipleship is. That's what it produces. And when you're with Jesus, Jesus is going to come out of you. And you're going to look like Jesus. And that's what's going to draw every person around to Jesus, not to us. They're going to say, where did you get that from? Why are you that way? Just like when they brought the disciples in, they said, these guys haven't been taught. They haven't been trained. But you know something? You can tell they've been with Jesus. There's no greater place to be. There's no other purpose than the, in the gospel. There's no other purpose in this whole book than the gospel that says he wants to be with us. I would never want to preach anything else that's been preached to me over and over again. That I've got to attain to a certain place. I've got to do certain things. I've got to get to a certain way. I've got to live a certain way in order for Jesus to be with me. But I want you to know that Jesus is a Jesus that, that goes in with the worst of these. That goes with the worst of sinners. The most broken hearted. The most addicted. The most problematic. And that's me. And he didn't leave me to my own devices, but he came into my heart, into my life. And I'm talking like this has happened in the last five years. It took me 15 years of getting through the religion. 15 years of getting through religion. Well, I want you to know, church, today that God has come to tell you that religion is over. It's about Jesus today. It's about being with Jesus today. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what's in your way, but God's going to hit each one of those barriers, each one of those lies, each one of those things that have been set up from years yeah. of religion, years of being brought up in a home with tradition that keeps you from Jesus. He is the bondage breaker. He is the one that sets you free. He is the one that wants to bring you close to him. He is, and he's come today to tell you that. He's blessed you where it stops here. Whatever you do, let it come from being with Jesus. Whatever you tell somebody, let it come from Jesus. And when you say it wrong and you do it wrong, just go to them and tell them, I, I'm sorry, I'm starting to make it about religion again because we're prone to it. We're prone to control. We're prone to fixing. We're prone to having a plan. We're prone to doing all these things. And plans aren't bad. Plans are good. But we're prone to making it about something that we can do than to be with Jesus. The gospel. We're about to take of the Lord's Supper, and that's what the gospel is. Would you eat of this bread? This represents the broken body. This body was broken and given up for you, that whatever's in the way, it conquers, it resurrects from. Would you take this blood that was poured out for you, my blood, the blood of the Son of God, that it may wash you, that it may cleanse you, that you may realize that all you have to realize is that you need it. Would you take of that and realize now you're free to come to Jesus and taste and eat? That's what we do when we come to take of the Lord's Supper today. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where you, what you have going on. And, and there's many times in church people are in so many different places in life. And I can understand if you don't feel any of this I want you to know Jesus is right there when you don't feel it. 
Or you might be on a mountaintop. You might have just had a great time this morning with Jesus, and you're like, yeah, man, Jesus is right there with you also. He wants another place with you with Jesus. You don't want it to stop. Discipleship is being with Jesus. Discipleship is the gospel.